Welcome to day 25 of Crikey's Election Cast. It's Thursday, the 5th of May. I'm Cam Wilson. Today, we're going local. Last night, our associate editor, Amber Schultz, went to Craig Kelly's seat of Hughes in Sydney South, where the UAP parliamentary leader is battling to keep his seat against a crowded field of candidates. Earlier today, she spoke to our Tips and Murmurs editor, Charlie Lewis, about everything that went down at a candidate forum event, including a cockroach, a mystery candidate, and the moment that it all went off the rails. Uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us. So, Amber, you were at a candidates forum uh, for the seat of Hughes last night. Um, before we get into that event and the details of it, uh, tell us a bit about the state of play in that seat, kind of who's running, who are the high profile candidates? What, what's the polling telling us at this stage? Mm-hmm. So Hughes is a really interesting electorate. It's right next to Scott Morrison's electorate of Cook, uh, and it's been a, a, a blue ribbon seat for a very long time. Between 1996 all the way to 2021, it's been Liberal, and it's been Liberal right up until Craig Kelly quit the party to stand first as an independent and before joining Clive Parter's United Australian Party. So it's, you know, it's it's fairly standard Liberal, but it does seem that this election is going to change things. Uh, the, bun- the Liberals really make messed up their pre-selection. So they, uh, the party's federal executive across New South Wales attempted to lock in a dozen candidates across various electorates without giving branch members a chance to vote in pre-selections. And obviously a lot of people were very unhappy about it. There was a lot of kerfuffle and back and forth. Uh, and this meant the person that was initially um, who made it in, which is Jenny Ware, she lost about six months of campaigning, of electoral campaigning, while waiting for this all to figure out. So, you know, the Liberals are already very much behind the boat when it comes to uh, to starting their campaign, to reaching out to constituents uh, and to try and improve their image after Craig Kelly. So new polling released today uh, shows that the, they're not likely to win, uh, that the favour has tipped to independent Georgia Steele, uh, who is supported by Climate 200, uh, with the Liberals' primary vote dropping to 37%. Right, right. And of course, that's very ironic given uh, with the, all the pre-selection issues, given that that was something that happened quite a few times when Craig Kelly was the member and, and Scott Morrison intervened um, to help on his behalf. Exactly. Only to come back and bite him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, he really backed the wrong horse in this case. Um, so, so who was there last night? So um, we had independent Georgia Steele, who again uh, is supported by Climate 200. She's done really, really well at fundraising and seems very popular in in the region. She's a former corporate lawyer. Uh, We had Labor's Ryla Campbell, the Greens' Pete Thompson, uh, and of course Craig Kelly. They were all there at the forum. Who we were missing, though, um, was Jenny Ware, uh, the Liberal candidate. She had another event in a different electorate. Um, and we were also missing uh, One Nation's candidate, Narelle Seymour, uh, who no one knows what she looks like. No one knows who she is. No one knows where she is. Uh, but her name is is there on the ballot. And unfortunately for independent candidate Linda Seymour, uh, she shares the same name as Narelle Seymour. So um, uh, she had to get a bunch of stickers reprinted that said Seymour 2022 uh, because she thought this candidate was running. But again, no one knows where the One Nation candidate is. Yes, I did. I, I mean, I, I would say one of my favourite lines in the piece is the opening line, which uh, says, yes, one nation candidate for the, for the seat of Hughes and Narelle Seymour is elusive and no one knows what she looks like, which uh, that was, that, that, I mean, you read on when you get a first, a first line like that. Um, so I suppose in terms of, of Hughes, what, what, were the, what are the big issues and what was, what was raised last night? 
So, I mean, I think the same, it's the same issues as everywhere that everyone's talking about. They're worried about cost of living. Climate change is a huge issue. Aged care is a really hot button issue. Um, and a few questions about, about disability. But climate change seemed to be uh, one of the major ones, one of the big ones. Of course, with Craig Kelly being there, they did touch on human rights, personal freedoms. Um, but because there was no One Nation candidate and no uh, Liberal candidate, the debate was quite um, calm. I wouldn't even call it a debate. Uh, everyone really seemed to have a lot of consensus on everything. Everyone seemed to agree. Uh, a lot of the independents really seemed to be um, deferring to Labor's policy proposals that are already out there and jumping on it. Um, and as you'd expect, the Greens went a little bit harder on, on climate policy. But it was quite uh, subdued and not a heap of differentiation until it came to Craig Kelly uh, talking about climate and, and vaccine mandate. But aside from that, there was a, a lot of consensus. Well, I, I was going to say, I mean, obviously, Craig Kelly is, is, is rarely someone who turns up and is met with indifference, good or bad. Um, how did how did he go down? So it's really interesting to see Craig Kelly in, in front of all these other um, other candidates again without Jennywhere, because uh, Georgia still really seemed to be his only competition. Again, as a corporate lawyer, she knows what she's doing. Uh, she's really clear spoken. Um, but so is Craig Kelly. So he you know, was probably the strongest speaker. He he really can articulate his points, you know, whether you agree with them or not. Um, very, very well. He's quite emotive. Um, and he, he had clear objectives and clear policies and, and clear examples about when he had done things previously. Um, but of course, you know, when he does range into the controversial territory, when he does st start talking about uh, vaccine mandates, it's not like you're going to have a completely subdued audience. Um, so the very final question of the night seemed a bit like a Dorothy Dix. I, I do wonder if the woman was, was planted. Um, and after a bit of rambling of her sharing her story, uh, she then got to a question about personal freedoms and digital identity card, which set uh, Craig Kelly off. There were about four police officers uh, in the hall, you know, checking out what was going on, who, um, as soon as vaccine mandates uh, were mentioned, really seemed to, you know, pay attention, bristle up and start watching the doors, start watching the audience uh, just in case anything um, went down. It, interestingly, you know, despite the fact Craig Kelly has had support in that electorate for 10 years for three different election cycles, um, people got up and walked out. They they weren't going to listen to him speak about vaccine mandates. So about 20 people just stood up, waited in the foyer for him to sit back down and then, and then came in, um, w weren't having a bar of it when it came to vaccine mandates. That's really interesting. And I suppose that does raise the... Um the same sort of questions that, 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 that get raised, I guess, in all of these uh, sort of liberal dominated seats or, or like traditionally liberal dominated seats where there is a, I guess, quote unquote, teal independent candidate who is kind of running against them and they're the most likely to win if it's not liberals. Well, you always have to ask the question, is it the, the local member? Was Craig Kelly a popular local member or was it just a Liberal Party brand? And has that been slightly tarnished now? Exactly. And I think it's interesting, you know, this is what we have seen with uh, the failure of the Liberal Party. And, and even this is what Craig Kelly will say as well, but obviously different lines of, of um, reasoning, uh, is that a lot of people have felt that the Liberal Party has lost its way or it's lost touch or uh, isn't going hardline enough on, um, on climate. And of course, he, the Hughes electorate is in or Sutherland. It's right next to the Royal National, uh, Royal National Park. It's, it's next to a lot of uh, greenery, a lot of natural areas. So climate change is a big concern for, for a lot of people down there. And a lot of them are saying, we want to see more. We feel like the, the Liberal Party isn't representing us anymore, which is, this is the whole threat for the Liberal Party of, of all these independent candidates that might represent some Liberal ideologies, but are maybe more moderate or maybe um, 
taking more action on or hardline stances on on things that are important to voters. I suppose to to ask the, the the tediously frequent question that we get into in election campaigns. I mean, who who won? Who was the standout? Did, did did you feel that there was an obvious standout performer? And did you also get the impression that maybe that is this the kind of thing that could change? Like, was this the sort of event where you felt people's minds were being changed, or was everyone relatively sort of locked into the point of view that they kind of arrived with? Well, I think it was interesting that so many people did show up to the event. There was, you know, the event was completely booked out with another 150 or so watching online. So these are really engaged and active voters and they did have questions. So you would assume that their minds hadn't completely been made up by the fact that they're engaging with all these, um, with this candidates forum. But uh, Georgia Steele, the independent candidate, was the clear winner. I think she got a lot of whoops. She got a lot of cheers. Um, She seemed to have the most... Uh, cohesive responses to a lot of questions, though, again, a lot of policies did align with with Labor's, but she just seemed to be the person that, you know, put her case forward clearly and really attempted to relate with voters to, um, you know, constantly said, I hear you, I understand, really attempted to get that message across that she she wasn't just a mouthpiece, she was going to represent the, the community. Uh, so she came out very, very strongly in that forum, I think. It is going to be absolutely fascinating, as with all of these seats facing a sort of strong teal uh, independent. It's going to be fascinating to see how all this shakes out. Um, Amber, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about the seat of Hughes. Um, thank you, everyone else, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at the same time. But do keep your eye out for our afternoon edition of the Crikey Daily, as we're doing that twice a day during the election campaign. And if you'd like to listen to any of our previous broadcasts or podcasts, you can find Crikey's election cast on most podcast platforms. Thanks, everyone. My name is Charlie Lewis. Thank you for joining us for today's election cast. That was Amber Schultz, Crikey's associate editor, speaking to our Tips and Murmurs editor, Charlie Lewis. Thank you, as always, for listening to Crikey's election cast. If you have a spare moment, we'd really appreciate it if you could review us on whatever podcast platform you choose. And don't forget, there's plenty of coverage at the election and more at crikey.com.au. So I encourage you to go check it out. See you tomorrow.